Yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts with Connor Christmas and Gang. Like I mentioned before in all of our other episodes, we get special guests coming through here all the time, and on this episode is no different. On this episode, we got Ann Taylor. She's a singer-songwriter living in Calgary. In 2010, she fell in love with songwriting, and six years later, she released her first EP, Roses. Ann now has three albums and explores genres as diverse as folk music, pop, and electronic, and is able to blend them together to form a unique and playful sound. Anne is also a co-founder of Mass Canvas Productions, where she wants to inspire local artists to reject the norm, help them to push the boundaries of their art, and discover the unfound depths of the artists inside themselves. Their next project will be Boss Ass Bitch Experience, or BABE for short. And this is a full female, female-identifying person lineup for a full female, female-identifying person audience to provide a non-judgmental platform. Celebrating femininity and empowerment through an evening full of music, poetry, dance, and storytelling, 10 boss ass bitches, one boss guest speaker, one ridiculously beautiful venue. Remember, this is for female identifying persons only. $17 pre-sale, $20 at the door. You can get more information on her Facebook events page. Link will be in our show bio. Make sure to check out Ann too on her socials, uh, Facebook and Instagram at Ann Taylor Music and her website, AnnTaylorMusic.com. Thanks everybody. Enjoy the show. It's like who has the biggest dick contest, right? Like, what would happen if it was, like, ladies running the place? They wouldn't even have the tower. <laughs> yeah, we like, I'm the, I'm the lowest. I'm the most humble. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I feel like starting with just random talks. So. <laughs> Do we get any of that? Or are we just starting now? Oh, perfect. oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh, that's exactly what we like to hear. <laughs> but you got to think about it. Like, that stuff would change. Like, yeah. Absolutely. But I don't, I don't, I wonder if it would not be like a sexualized thing. Instead, it would just be something kind of beauty thing or some kind of like. Like vanity kind like of thing? Like, everything would be kind of like softer and like more tender <laughs> <laughs> no hard edges no and there corners would just be, like scarves in all of the corners like <laughs> <laughs> everything would resemble like a womb yeah you know yeah there's like a revolution i feel like all the buildings would get like swallowed by like a bigger building like they would all join together and become like one just massive one yeah one <laughs> building yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could deal with a bunch of wombs everywhere. <laughs> I think it'd be cozy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like it some be cozy, <laughs> Freudian kind of shit. <laughs> Very Freudian. Uh, you know those people? There's always the people when you mention Freud, and they're like, "Actually, Freud was proven wrong." You're like, just go away. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm making a joke for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a good place to start, I guess. <laughs> uh, welcome everyone to uh, Deep Thoughts with Connor Christmas and Gang. Woo. Yeah, yeah. The gang today is Nick Bowley. Uh, or a, a guy I collaborate a lot with, and a very good friend of mine, Nick. Uh, he's joining us. This is the second episode. It is. Um, or the first, depending on the order we release these. <laughs> um, or maybe it's the third. Who yeah, knows? Know. And Keep guessing. Other part of the gang. Hey, I'm Ann Taylor. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Welcome to your home. 
thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome it was our home <laughs> the drive here was wow wow that traffic it, oh man it took saying, me a long time to they're saying the traffic is the worst it's ever been oh so bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me tell you <laughs> uh, um yeah so uh nick is uh he's kind of co-hosting with me again just kind of mm-hmm. sitting in doing stuff uh we like to keep it pretty conversational here and deep thoughts so we're just going to be talking and uh but our our special guest is ann taylor um yeah uh (laughs) talented that's me that's me talented uh singer songwriter um kind of just awesome kind of badass female lady uh does a lot of things Mm -hmm. Also, I'm just going to say it, also my partner who I love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's probably best to preface that right away before I keep well, making jokes like, thanks for letting me use your shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's our shower. <laughs> I just want to say you're so much more than that, just that. <laughs> no, but seriously, thanks for letting me use your shower this morning. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Uh, separate, separate times, just to be clear. <laughs> Um, deep thoughts at all times of the day. <laughs> yeah, deepest the deepest thoughts happen in the shower. It's true. It's yeah, true. It's That's why true. they make waterproof pads, like notepads and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have shower curtains that, like, they have little pockets in them that you can put your iPad and phone in now. Oh, that's Which really is like sad. just that's just deal with the ten minutes yeah. without your phone. You know, it's true. And there's Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why do we need these anymore? Because you can know. just control all of it yeah. with your voice. Alexa, take a note. <laughs> Under shower thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I missed that. There was too much water sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Alexa. Um, okay, let's maybe talk about some real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I'm just going to you ann taylor is your stage name but in your real life you go by annie Annie. so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be calling you that because i know you mostly in your real life (laughs) 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 um so you you just released an ep not very long ago Mm -hmm. december yeah yeah uh called murphy's law yep yeah um you you wrote it in eight days you wrote it mixed it mastered it um with Ilya audio correct yeah yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was, like, probably the most stressful thing I've ever done. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Like, getting kicked out of England is, is very stressful. But <laughs> um, as far as, like, a project, <laughs> it's, like, probably the most stressful ever. Um, I, I do feel the need to, like, disclaim that one of the songs was half written before I went in. So, like, I wrote it in eight days, but one of the songs was half written already. Oh, well, then get out. I, <laughs> I just feel like I really need to tell everyone that. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm cheating. You can live in peace now, Amy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was really cool. Basically, we I've been working with Ilium Audio for the last, I think, year, year and a half. Um, it's a little recording studio and label in the city. Um, it's and Matt DeMallo. Matt DeMallo, yeah. Super, super yeah. ridiculously talented dude. And just, just an all-around nice guy. Such a nice guy. You know? It's like every time what I see him, I want to give him a hug. Yeah, I think that's like <laughs> his general aesthetic. Just <laughs> yeah. give me a hug, please. <laughs> I can vibe with that. Yeah, he's really, really great. Um, but I was working with um, someone else in the city, and we 
had planned an EP and put an EP together and we were going to release it through Ilium and then um, life kind of got in the way and then this EP was just like gone and so was this person that I wrote the EP with and so we had spent a lot of time and a lot of money putting together like a marketing campaign for that EP and the release date was coming up and the release date was in a ridiculous amount of press all over the internet <laughs> um, and we didn't have an EP to release. So it became this very, very stressful thing of like, cool, in two weeks we're supposed to release this thing that we don't have and because I'm a very stubborn person, I refused to contact all of this um, the reps for all this press to be like, hey, just kidding, we have to push the date back. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to do it. <laughs> We're going to make it happen. <laughs> We're just going to have a whole new EP and it's going to be great. Um, so that's what we did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Turned out really well. Thanks. It's a very, very good piece of music. Thank you. I like it a lot. Thanks, man. Sometimes the limitations of time will get you to create things that you may not usually yeah, have the seriously. ability or opportunity or insight to, mm -hmm. to, to do so yeah that's yeah. awesome limits limits uh cause creativity yeah mm -hmm. in a way yeah you have to find your way around it almost mm -hmm. uh would you ever do it again yeah oh yeah hell yeah yeah no i live for that shit it was so <laughs> fun it was like super stressful but um but like the best type of adrenaline and the best type of exhaustion ever. Mm -hmm. And I was also working like two jobs at the time as well. And so I was driving to and from the studio to get to work. And then I was just sleeping on Matt's couch for basically like almost a full week. Um, his mom would make me like breakfast, which was really nice. <laughs> 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 um, so most of the songs were written like on that in that commute to and from the studio or at a ridiculous hour of the evening while Matt was like resting um yeah it was crazy but it was definitely worth it and I think you're right Nick I think like because of the time limitation I didn't have the chance to question everything and I didn't have the chance to like wonder if I was doing it right or wonder if people were gonna like it or if they yeah. were gonna receive it well instead it was just I have all these feelings and I need to translate them into music and I don't have time to question it. So yeah. here we go. It's just yeah, it's this really like a one fluid motion. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool because you get to see like what's really in you, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, without having to like, I mean, pardon the pun, but tailor it too much <laughs> um, to fit into something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, it just... Nicole. My next Happens. album, Taylor Made. <laughs> I, I just decided that I right now. Wiz Khalifa will sue you. <laughs> <laughs> you may have some issues with golf representation. Yeah, and Wiz and Khalifa. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, Potentially. Out, which would be an interesting group of people to knock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. If it got to that point, I would take it as a compliment. Yeah. He's like, sorry, I'll change it, but do you want to hang out? <laughs> Roy McElroy shows up at your house. <laughs> just <laughs> I just won the Masters, so uh, <laughs> why'd you make this album? <laughs> Anyways, um, well, that's actually a pretty good segue into Perfect. the question I had. This is why I'm here, guys. Yeah. For segues. <laughs> the, the, the why? Why'd you make this album? It's a very, it's a really personal album for yeah. you. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of. Sure is. A lot of stuff going on in your life the past year. Mm -hmm. um, and you said before that you had a lot of these emotions to mm. get out. And, totally. Uh, so, like, I know because I'm very familiar with your music <coughs> that 
you often tend to write very personal songs mm -hmm. uh, and you like to represent that what is like if you had to put it into words what is your philosophy on that and why do you choose to do that i think i think it not only just like sits within my music but this is generally how i try to live life is just being really honest and vulnerable and authentic because i think that when that's shown to other people um there's almost like a a bit of relief that happens for most individuals because we live in this world where like we're so obsessed with being perfect and we like tailor make our social media to represent the best parts of ourselves and um we're always in this like competition of seeming like we have our shit together and being really um wise and living life properly um so i think that when you can be really authentic and really honest and really raw with people they not only can respect that because that's like potentially a, kind of a tough thing and we're all sort of beating around the bush in that sense but also it just gives people a break like i've i definitely have been in multiple conversations where I'll get to a really intense, deep part of myself, and I'm like, hey, here I am, what's up? And they're like, oh my god, okay, cool, like, let me tell you all my shit, because I need to get it out right now. Um, so just in that sense of just opening up a space of being able to let other people feel those, like, raw emotions, um, and hopefully feel the permission to express them, because someone else has, and someone else, like, kind of created that space. But I also, like, I try really hard to um, write my lyrics and my music from a personal but also kind of like an open stance so that whoever's listening to it can put themselves in the song. Um, so I, I try not to make it so personal that it, it's no longer relatable, but raw in the sense of the emotion being there and then open in the sense that the lyrics can um, sort of represent whatever anyone is going through at that point in time. That mm -hmm. makes sense. So personal yet relatable. Yeah, personal yeah. yet I think open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. That's interesting. And like we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. and Nick and I have talked about this before because we were uh, in a class together, like probably it would have been last year um, and a little while ago, yeah. uh, where we were, it was a solo creation class, and we'd often get into these like big discussions about art and performance and being vulnerable and open within that. Um, and one thing that, um, our instructor had said at one point was, uh, one thing we discovered as a class is that it's, it's like at your <laughs> most personal, the more personal you get, the more universal your message becomes, Yeah, yeah totally. which is, yeah, which is something that is so insane. Like that's, yeah. if you just say that, like without, a, uh, without context, mm -hmm. that sounds like the most insane thing ever, mm -hmm. but it's so true it because at the base of it all i think we're all going through the same stuff mm -hmm. so uh the more you tap into that the more people are like oh you you reach that oneness that we're all people yeah. and we're all just on this earth trying totally. to figure yeah. it out and that's mm -hmm. yeah it's nice to be reminded of that totally. you're just letting people know that it's okay to feel those things and yeah to, yeah to mm -hmm. be Honest though, I, d I don't know if I kind of understood what I was going to get myself into by releasing this album because it is like <laughs> super personal <laughs> um, and a lot of it s kind of stays in that like openness where and 
for sure know that someone that doesn't know me and doesn't know what I've been through over the last year, um, they probably don't have any idea. Like, they can recognize that it was probably something just by, like, how vulnerable and how emotional the album is, but they wouldn't be able to tell exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. But I've had people come up to me um, at shows and stuff and um, introduce myself to people, and they'll be like, yo, like, I know you. I I know your shit. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Really... uh, (laughs) Really put this out to the world, and uh, it's staying there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's crazy. Like um, it kind of goes by the like, old, like I guess it's an occult expression. Expression. Wow, I can't talk. Um, but as above, so below, mm. or like mm-hmm. kind of the the macrocosm within the microcosm yeah. within the macrocosm. Yeah. Like you say, uh, Connor. Like the more personal you get, the more universal it gets. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just ties to all together with what you were saying too. Like we're all creatures we're all vulnerable when we can mm. show that and when we can open that up it ties us together totally right because mm-hmm. we all we all work based on like emotions and mm. that's what guides a lot of our behavior is how we feel um and so it's it's that's the beautiful thing about music and we've talked about this in other podcasts is that emotion is so tied to music um and mm. when you can actually communicate that and relate it really well then it becomes something that people can really latch on to yeah yeah. Totally. Definitely. Um, this is something I've always been curious about and never known um, since we're on the topic of the album uh, and how personal it is to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, you have like an interlude mm-hmm. uh, within this album yeah. and uh, that's <coughs> when you get kind of the most directly personal, I guess. The mm-hmm. le- uh, It's out of music. It's just you talking. Mm-hmm. Um why did you choose to put that in there? Um, it's like everything with this album started out as kind of like an idea. Um, and then because of our time restraint, we didn't have time to question the idea. And so we just rolled with it. So the album, like it starts with an interlude. And then between each song, there's little interludes and little like kind of like behind the scene pieces. Um, and basically my idea was just to once again like dig a little bit deeper and um show more of the honest side of the production of the album um so when we got into the studio i asked matt to set up uh, mics all around the room and just leave them running for the entire time that we were in the studio so like we have a ridiculous amount of just dead space and dead air almost and it's just like me going over a riff over and over and over and over and over again or like singing the same verse with different words try to like find trying to find um which ones fit and which ones conveyed the emotion that I was trying to get across properly and so because all of those interludes are just so um raw and so unpolished I wanted the middle one you're talking about like the Murphy's Law yeah talk yeah um I wanted it to be sort of like the center piece of the whole album um because it's called murphy's law um at the time i felt like that was my life was murphy's law like anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong um and it could be taken in a really sad and awful like depressing way so i wanted to be like yes this all happened and murphy's law like kicked my ass really hard but also i don't even understand Murphy's Law the same way that a lot of people do. I try to take it from a more light tone that 
instead of anything that can go wrong will go wrong i believe that anything that can happen will happen and it's sort of like our choice which path we want to choose whether we want to um focus on all the things that are going wrong or whether we want to focus on all of the things that are coming out of it and the lessons that are being learned so i think it was just um my way of getting really direct to the listener and really personal just being like you can take a look at this album and listen to it and see all of the pain and see all the hurt that I'm trying to convey or you can listen to it and listen to the words that I'm saying to you right now and recognize that all of this is going to lead to something more and something bigger and better and um, just because it it was really shitty um, doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way and I have made the choice personally to look at it in a bigger light and take the lesson and move forward mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of answers your That's question. That's cool. It gave me that made me think like um cuz in in my life right now I've been like all the podcasts that I've been listening to and things like that. Uh it's I've been focusing a lot of like not necessarily comparing things mm-hmm. to each mm-hmm. other um in the terms of that was better or worse. Yeah. So that gave me the thought of um, like how can you really say things are going wrong mm-hmm. when you have no idea what life has in store for you. Totally. So it's taking that negative outlook on that and just saying things are happening mm-hmm. and not giving them the label as good or bad. Yeah. And obviously like things are good and bad depending on how you react to them, but um, it doesn't mean they're not supposed to happen, you know? Totally. The, the thing... Yeah. I guess the idea of saying that anything that can go wrong will go wrong mm-hmm. is insinuating that things can go right. But like, really, we're just in a bunch of chaos. <laughs> like, so true. Yeah, we don't really know. <laughs> we don't really know. It's pretty philosophical yeah. to get at 10 in the morning, but <laughs> we're yeah, doing and, it. And like the the like actual real definition of Murphy's Law is um, anything that can go wrong will go wrong to the greatest extent or something along those lines. So it's meant to be like, um, if stuff is going to get real, it's going to get as real as it can. Mm -hmm. And like, it's going to go south as much as it can. Um, but one of my favorite movies in the world is Interstellar. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and in that movie, um, Matthew McConaughey says to his daughter, um, Murphy's Law doesn't necessarily mean that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. It just means anything that can happen will happen. And that line has always, like, really resonated with me. And um, that, yeah, to me, like, I really wanted to be able to convey and I really wanted to get as direct as I could in, in saying that you can listen to this and you can be sad and you can be sad for me and you can like be sad for yourself and put yourself in a bit of pity with all this emotion that will allow for that or you can like take that emotion and let it empower you and like choose to take the lessons and move forward and um yeah yeah absolutely agree Mm -hmm. yeah we all go through stuff but like that's that's one of the i think the production process that you kind of like (laughs) decided to go with Mm -hmm. really helps to like facilitate that that like desire and that like in, intent really right mm-hmm. because having that production stuff in the background and that ability to tie it in gives you 
like a very personalized, but also like it shows the process of turning all of this stuff that you're going through into something that can be related to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like a really important aspect of the EP. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, also, just on another note, the interlude comes right before the last two songs of the EP. Um, and there's a whole like shift in, in the EP. So the first three songs, they're pretty focused on um, a bit more of like the sad emotion, if you will. Um, and then that little speech happens. And then the next two songs are um, kind of what I would I would say are the empowering, stronger parts of the EP. Um, one of them being Eyes Meet, which is a song that I wrote about one of my friendships that I have in my life, which has always been really empowering. And like whenever our eyes meet, the world holds its breath because we are able to just dive into each other and then within that like build this entire like beautiful um I don't even know how to describe it it's just this really incredible piece of life that is so honest and so positive um with this friendship and that friendship was one of the reasons why I was able to get through the first crap that I went through that I really try to reflect in the first half of the EP and then the last song is called Skin. Uh, <laughs> for those of you listening, that's about Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think most people that know me and have heard the EP kind of get right off the bat. Mm. But um, it like, it just, I think it marks <laughs> quite, quite the turn of um, feeling in the EP. Um, which I, I tried to do intentionally so that if you understand what I'm saying in the message that I'm trying to get across, then the next two songs will be that like, oh yeah, oh right, like you can kind of see this as something bigger than just like really sad, self-indulgent, um, listen when I'm upset EP. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, uh, what's next in terms of music for you? Are you planning on releasing another EP? Are you going to wait a while? Is it a full album? Um, I don't really know. I've been, the plan was a full length and that's definitely still in the works. Um, and that will happen for sure in the near future. Um, but I, f- I think that m- the way that I write music is always evolving and always changing. And um, even just the difference between like my first EP that I released in, I don't even remember now, it was like a few years ago, compared to the singles that I released right after it, they're so polarizing um, as far as genre goes and as far as like songwriting. And then those singles compared to Murphy's Law are so different and polarizing as well. And so I'm not totally sure what's going to happen next i'm pretty like just kind of going where the wind blows at this point as far as like music and where that takes me um i would really like to get back into a bit of a folkier bluesier um side of music for the full-length ep um but i'm also kind of stoked on like soundtrack stuff right now and i would love to just like build some awesome um intense music that can be put into soundtracks or I don't know. Yeah, cool. We'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. just whatever door kind of opens itself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sweet. Just always creating without the limitations of what is created, I guess. Very cool. Yeah. That's the goal. 
<laughs> Sweet. Um, let's talk about School of Rock next. You're wearing two. Yeah. Repping the repping the merch. Repping the merch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You recently got a job at School of Rock. I did. Uh, and I'm pretty stoked about yeah, it. Yeah, you're teaching all all ages of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it fell into my lap, which was really nice. Um, I work a lot of jobs, um, and I always kind of have, and I've been really annoyed with the working in the service industry lately because <laughs> I feel like once you reach a certain age, like the time is up, mm. you know, yep. and and that could be wrong. And I, and I know people that love it and will love it forever and like power to them. And I wish I could be one of those people. But um, I just am on this like kick of kind of being obsessed with trying to live life as authentically as possible right now. And kind of like Murphy's Law kicked that off for me and just kind of trying to recognize that like bad things don't necessarily need to be bad good things don't necessarily need to be good um but the way that I spend my time needs to like get a little bit more um intentional and so I love music and um don't really enjoy serving tables if I'm honest I like bartending but only because like I like alcohol and that's about that (laughs) 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 so yeah I was just uh contacted by the owner of the school of rock in calgary um he needed an instructor and it worked out because that day i had nothing going on and i was able to go in for an interview that day i was hired on the spot um, and then started teaching right away um and so far i just love it i get to meet all these little young kids and like young adults that just want to be rock stars and just want to express themselves with music Mm -hmm. and haven't felt at home in any other area um of their life sometimes so it's cool to be able to like build help build this little community of weirdos that um are able to express themselves and and feel love and feel the power of what music has to offer awesome yeah i feel like that's super important in calgary too just because yeah. like it's such a corporate city it's totally. all built on oil but that's going downhill it's not coming back so mm. i think calgary's in lieu and they're like they're figuring out what to do and yeah. the arts community has been uh getting stronger but it's definitely take some time and mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people kind of just if they want to pursue those things they leave calgary they go to vancouver totally. or toronto wherever they go yeah. and it's nice to cultivate more kids into drama music whatever it is so that they well more of them are more willing to stay mm-hmm. and like calgary has i'd say in terms of like the art scene the music scene is probably the most thriving mm-hmm. um being in the theater community uh there are some like cool alternative theater things going on but Mm -hmm. like in terms of uh community and like what's happening i feel like the the music and dance community is like really kind of popping right now yeah i think so too i think the way that um i've kind of been having conversations about the arts community in calgary with people is i think everyone's kind of feeling like calgary is in its like weird teenage years totally is you know where it's like trying to figure out itself like it's it's dad just left oil and gas (laughs) 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 it's going through that (laughs) um and so there's a a little bit more weight on it which is really nice um but it's still gonna take time to to figure that out and cultivate it like you said yeah even the film and television Mm -hmm. communities are starting to to kind of flourish Mm -hmm. a little bit yeah there's there's more funding coming in and being allowed in from outside Mm -hmm. of the province and uh, like Netflix just juiced Canada with like a mm-hmm. ton of money. So there is more stuff coming. Um, and then, yeah, the music scene, I would agree, I think is probably the most thriving scene here. Mm-hmm. There's some really great like 
art, some like beautiful painters. Mm-hmm. That's um, very true, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that there's a stronger music community. So in terms of like going to live shows and like things yeah. like that, and maybe that's just what um, what people want to are they're more willing to go and see mm-hmm. is like music shows. But like, um, yeah, there's such like an awesome. Whenever I go to a show from like a local band, there's just like such a good group of people that are yeah. like all so happy to be there. Totally. And yeah, it's always like really nice and refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Like the community is so small, but it's also like huge. You know, there's so many genres in Calgary um, as well. And all these like little underground um, shows that happen in all these little cultures that are sort of like growing and popping up, especially in kind of like the punk um, community in Calgary too and um, there's just a lot of cool stuff happening in Calgary and I think finally people are starting to realize that it's important and it's no longer like a disposable um, luxury mm-hmm. I guess maybe yeah I think more people are investing in it too just because mm-hmm. I don't know yeah maybe they're realizing that it's important or whatever but uh yeah it's growing slowly mm-hmm. slowly but surely slowly but, surely. but yeah it's important to get kids into that so yes. that they can i we invest in this kids are the future you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like honestly from a selfish standpoint it's just so much fun to hang out with these kids yeah like i feel like i learn as much um that they do in our lessons because they're and i maybe i just wasn't as strong of an individual when i was that age but these kids would like know who they are and it's super cool um i have this young student i think she's 12 or 13 and when our when we had our first lesson i was trying to figure out who she was and who she listened to and stuff like that and obviously school of rock kind of um plays around the whole classic rock thing and trying to get people to be rock stars and whatnot. And yeah. so we're talking about that and she listened, she listed off all of these really strong women like Heart and Pat Benatar mm-hmm. and like Hailstorm is one of her favorite bands ever. Um, and so I just pointed, I was like, that's really cool that you listen to a lot of really strong music. And she did this really sassy little like hair flip. And she was like, well, strong women are the only ones who have anything to say. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You, <laughs> you are so in your own skin, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good place to be when you're 13. Oh man, it yeah. was, it was <laughs> very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So it just like it's really cool getting to to see that again, um, and like kind of relive my youth and become a a goofy weirdo with these kids, and just like see where the music takes us, and yeah. We'll see. Hopefully I can. The goal, and I know this is a really cheesy thing, and I know that like most people that work with kids have this goal, but I would just love for them not to have to make any of the mistakes that I made when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so if I can like impart some of that wisdom and be like, hey, you know what? You're going to feel things and they're going to suck, but feel them because you'll be grateful. <laughs> so Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. is great. Yeah. But, like, I also feel like kids are like... There are some kids that are like, I'm going to take that advice. But I feel like I most, most kids and definitely yeah. me as a kid was like, it yeah, it wasn't yeah. me saying this, but it, this is really what it was. It was like, I'm going to have to make these mistakes and learn it on my own. You're not my mom. <laughs> like, yeah. And even to my mom, <laughs> like, I don't I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> I got to do it on my, all myself. Yeah. I'll learn the mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, interesting. I, I think that there's like that the next stage of kind of the music scene in Calgary is for people to be able to survive more off of that music Mm -hmm. for the culture to be at a place where 
people don't have to work two jobs, three jobs, and play music. Um, like I met this girl yesterday at a pub here in Inglewood um, named Deja. And she oh, worked. she's awesome. Yeah, and she was she's in like three bands. Yeah, the voodoos are so good. Yeah, and mm. um, and she's working at a pub as well. And she works another job, right? Mm. And uh, I think that that's going to start to change the more that the culture develops and the more that the relevance of music mm. and the, the um, I don't know, the scene grows, right? Yeah. That's kind well, of the next step, I it's think. It's kind of like an awesome snowball effect because once... Um, once especially musicians in the city once we all start to recognize that like we can live off of this or we can like make um money off of this and we start charging that money then um competition will go up and then people will be willing to pay for that whereas like i think one of the biggest problems right now in the community is that you can book a band for a show and they'll charge you what they're like artist guarantee rate is um and whatever in their contract um but there's going to be like five more bands that are willing to do it for free mm-hmm. and so that just like dulls down everyone's um livelihood mm-hmm. because yes we have yeah. no there's no competition there's no like yeah. way to raise the stakes and raise the bars of yeah what that looks like well that's just giving like companies permission and like telling them that hey this isn't worth anything to us we just want to play totally. which is like exposure. there's great there's a there's something great in there of just wanting to play music and, mm-hmm. and like we're whatever it is you do. Totally. Um, but you have to hold a standard to the hours that you put in prior. To yeah, absolutely. That's what they're paying for. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah they need to, they need to compensate mm-hmm. you with that. Like, yeah, you wouldn't yeah, go to your dentist and just be like, okay, thanks. Like whenever I'll be I sure smile, to tweet about this. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I smile, <laughs> people will know it's you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's I, like countless memes and stuff online yeah. of like exposure bucks totally. and like things totally. like that. I think people are just like finally like starting to get maybe a bit more aggressive about it as far as like the bands and stuff. Everyone and musicians in general we're all finally just being like, okay, you know what? Like, mm-hmm. I would love to have a proper grocery haul this week, so you are going to pay me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and totally. you're going to pay me, like, a decent amount. Yeah, yeah. So. totally. Mm-hmm. And the more relevance I think that the music has and the more that people value it, the more venues are going to start to link up with SoCan, the more guaranteed mm-hmm. payment there's going to be for artists totally. and musicians. Um, and, yeah, so, it like, it's cool that you're at the School of Rock and doing what you're doing because it's fostering that next level that's going mm-hmm. to like force the culture here to mm-hmm. recognize its own yeah. worth right yeah. those kids can now say like i've had this x number amount of years training at mm-hmm. school of rock mm-hmm. totally. therefore like y- you need to compensate me for the amount of training that i've had i'm yeah. 21 years old but i've been practicing and since honing my craft since i was like 10 mm-hmm. yeah like, it's cool the school of rock um the reason I'm just like so stoked on it and so stoked on this job is that it's not just about like teaching kids music, but it's also teaching them the music industry like mm-hmm. while they're really young. So we put bands together um, with all these kids and we, we get them to rehearse together and we teach them like how to be a professional musician, what that looks like when you show up to rehearsal, how to make sure you have all of your gear and and then what it looks like to approach a venue about a show and how to write a contract and how to make sure you're being compensated properly and what it looks like to walk into a studio and how to make sure your producer is not going to screw you over. Like it's it's so much about the music industry that I think a lot of independent artists kind of have to figure out as they go that we're just trying to be like, hey, if you want to make this your career, there's a lot that you have to learn. It's not just becoming an awesome guitar player yeah. or drummer. It's There's so much more. And it really is a business, unfortunately. Um, 
Yeah, especially but if you're going the indie route, which yeah. most people are doing right now. Yeah. yeah. Which is good because again, super good, super yeah. accessible. And nice. Yeah, you're able to. Well, now like people are able to become indie artists and be able to make a living uh, off that without having like a label, which is great. Mm-hmm. And but you're right, there is that whole business side of mm-hmm. things that you kind of have to learn. That's like what we are all kind of doing right now. We've yeah. had those talks before. Totally. Like should i join a union what mm-hmm. do i do mm-hmm. like uh yeah get do i get an agent or a manager or mm-hmm. uh, should i do this on my own mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely and there's no like cut and dry way to do it all no. right like no. you can come at it from so many different angles there's totally. so many kind of depends avenues on how, and who you are as an artist yeah who you are what you're into what genres you're into like if you're really into like really atmospheric like folk like ambient stuff you're not going to be on cj <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? you're not going to be on like popular like pop radio stations mm-hmm. you're totally. gonna find a more uh i don't know i guess you're gonna find more followers in like an indie atmosphere yeah totally. you gotta right. follow like the niche mm-hmm. yeah so it depends on who you are for sure um just because of time and stuff um you know move on to kind of the next thing that we want to talk about which is a production company that you just started uh with with jenna rain jenna renee renee Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah masked canvas yeah you guys just had a launch party like a month ago Mm -hmm. um and that was like a masquerade theme yeah uh did the trailer for uh a musical that you guys are producing next Mm -hmm. year yeah lots of weird stuff um and but what i guess really want to talk about is uh bape mm-hmm. which is an event that you guys are planning yeah um in the end of june end of june yeah, yeah. okay tell mm-hmm. us about that um it is called bape <laughs> <laughs> um which stands for boss ass bitch experience <laughs> um and basically we just wanted to find a way to provide a platform for um women and female identifying individuals to express themselves without the fear or limitation of being sexualized or objectified. Um, Obviously, we know that all men aren't like that and all dudes and all male identifying people aren't like that. Um, But I think that there's just... Obviously, feminism is a thing and it needs to be a thing and that's a whole other conversation that I'm not going to dig into right now. But... um, the event is going to be this full female, full female identifying showcase for a full female, full female identifying audience um, in the hopes that we can start to cultivate a community in Calgary where, where women um, empower each other instead of like cut them down, cut each other down. Because I think uh, as far as the beginning of time, a lot of women have been told that there's not enough room for all of us and that's why people are so catty and that's why there's all this like bullshit behind the scenes stuff that happens especially in the music industry especially in any kind of arts situation um there's so much competition and we just want to cultivate a community where it is healthy empowerment and we can recognize each other's strengths and build each other up in that way um so we're hoping that babe can do that collaboration versus competition totally yeah Yeah. and not even just collaboration but just like recognizing that there's not just this one pot of beauty and talent and whatever that everyone pulls from like it's endless Mm -hmm. and it's limitless and we don't need to fight to get to the watering hole first like it doesn't need to be this huge thing Mm -hmm. um because i like 
I've been totally intimidated going into um, a room full of just like women or female identifying individuals because there's that cattiness and there doesn't need to be and it's changing. It's changing slowly, which is really nice, but we kind of want to take a big stance on that and and like force it to happen. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I like that you distinguish yeah. between dudes and men. <laughs> Cuz I do think that's a distinction that <laughs> should be made. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah, you can say like a, it's the whole like how do you say like not all guys without being part of the not all guys totally. movement? Like but uh regardless of all that, uh like however many dudes are dudes and whoever many uh men are just people and mm-hmm. uh I I think (laughs) every woman has grown up and encountered the dude yeah uh, totally Uh, the way of being treated so yeah yeah. and it's also we really just want to celebrate femininity and i think the way that north america society is heading right now is we're all trying to be labelless and genderless and fluid and blah 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 and we're trying to um really break down the barriers of what gender stereotypes are which i think is amazing and phenomenal but I also really think that there's an importance on um, what femininity is and what masculinity is. And um, we just like we want to be able to celebrate that in a safe space um, because like I to- I feel like a woman. I, f- I know that I am one and like I love my feminine side. I also have a masculine side. I think people in general have both of those things inside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that femininity um, when it is being celebrated in sort of like a public open space, um, it can come across as, um, you know, sexy or sexualized or, um, there's a lot of shame that can come with it. And we just want to cut that out right at the beginning and provide like a non-judgmental space to have that be celebrated and embraced. So, yeah. Very cool. I feel like I just started talking really fast because I realized we were running out of time. <laughs> no, no we're, we're good. We're good. Um, um yeah. yeah. So where where can people uh, where can people find updates on this? Because it is still in the planning phase. Yes, totally. Um, so it will happen um, one of the last two weekends in June. Um, the venue is going to be announced pretty soon here. Um, but you can basically follow us on social media to make sure you're that's at in the loop. Masked canvas. Dot canvas. Yeah. Masked dot canvas on yeah, Instagram. Totally. Um, and then also like if you just follow my music stuff too, I'll be posting quite a bit about it. Um, we have our lineup, which is awesome. Um, so it's just kind of the unfolding part of the planning now, mm-hmm. which will be fun. Cool. Yeah. Also, I think the word bitch throws people off and I just want to, want to like touch on that really quickly because I've brought this event up with multiple people just trying to get a conversation started. And as soon as I'm like, yeah, boss ass bitch experience, people are like, Ooh, and there's like this awful um stigma to the word bitch where people assume that like you're really aggressive and catty and um like don't give a fuck about any i'm sorry i'm swearing a lot is that (laughs) allowed is that allowed yeah that's fine Um, (laughs) it's our show (laughs) (laughs) um but i think that needs to change first and foremost because it is like such a um, such a descriptive word that is for women and mostly women only you're taking it back yeah hell yeah yeah Yeah. and so like and instead of having this be like this huge derogatory insult 
um, bitch can mean, you know, really empowering. And Tina Fey talks about it all the time. Like, bitches get shit done. Mm-hmm. And well, then, like, there's a whole other conversation you get into that's very political about where when a guy displays all of the things, like, mm-hmm. of authority, they're just like, he's the boss or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when a woman displays all of those same attributes, they're often described as bitchy or yeah, totally. bossy or a bitch. Mm-hmm. And, like, so that's getting into all of that all of the intricacies of like uh where women stand in like mm-hmm. businesses and just in totally. a male dominated world yeah. uh so taking it back and using it for yourself mm-hmm. is like countless minority groups have done totally. that uh yeah. I'm not gonna say specific words because i can't yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but everyone knows what i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's really important i think yeah i think so too i think it's gonna be cool i'm really excited to see what it happened what happens with it because it's not just a normal showcase it's going to be like 12 women and female identifying individuals i feel the need to say that every time just because i don't want to be ex- too exclusive obviously men aren't invited to this um and those who identify as dudes, or dudes. And you're just not you're just <laughs> not and i'm sorry but um i just like i want this to be a safe space and i'm excited to see what these 12 uh boss ass bitches that I found in the city and Jenna and I found in the city um can create not only just together but um I want to I want to see how they push themselves as performers knowing that the only feedback they're going to get will be positive and empowering and um will be uplifting as opposed to that fear of like ooh was that like too risque or whatever yeah. and yeah so it's going to be fun cool <laughs> sweet yeah. uh well yeah thanks for doing this yeah, thanks. Uh, you didn't really have you. a choice. We <laughs> 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 would just be set up for when you woke up anyway. Uh, and you just join us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always a pleasure, Annie. I oh, wish I'm you all the best, man. You have a ton of talent. Thanks, man. Yeah, people need to follow you. Follow this girl, everyone. Yeah, you hear that, people? She's incredible. Nick's not even biased like I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last question. Last question. Yeah. So who do you, who do you like? <laughs> <laughs> no, this but for real like though. This girl in my calculus class. Oh, really? Is really oh, cute. My yeah, I know. oh my goodness. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, I'm telling the plug. Where can you follow the podcast? Uh, uh, where can we follow the podcast, Connor? <laughs> this isn't your show. <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're going to make... Oh, hey, Unit. Unit. You're back. You're, ba- you're here. Hey. Sorry, there's a dog now. Um, you get, we're building socials for the show. It's going to be uh, Deep Thoughts. Um, it's either just Deep Thoughts or we'll do Deep Thoughts with the subheading with Connor Christmas and gang. Because who doesn't love a good gang of people? Good gang of people. Yeah, we'll we're going to build this gang. Uh, we're going to, it'll be a great uh, community building opportunity for Calgary artists and artists all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned and keep listening. And that's Unit saying, keep listening if you could hear her. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Uh, deep thoughts. Connor Christmas, Christmas and gang gang, gang. do <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>